did he? Okay. They made more than one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Why are you looking at me with that look? The thing is recording. I've got my screen up here. What? Okay. Well, I turned it on. Yes, I did. It's had green. We're not arguing. We're recording. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. <laughs> Lord God, I thank you for the laughter. I thank you for the joy. And I thank you for your Holy Spirit. So I pray, Lord God, that you teach again tonight. Uh, Lord God, bring us, bring us your truth and bring us your clarity. And Lord God, bring us, most of all, the understanding of how to apply it in our lives. Speak tonight, Lord God, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Okay, so we're still fighting our winning battle, and in fighting our winning battle, we're going to deal, tonight we're going to deal with evil, E-V-I-L, or as you would hear in the cartoons, evil, okay, but we're going to deal with evil. <laughs> Kim got that, right? <laughs> okay, so I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Judges chapter 4. Go ahead and find Judges chapter 4. I'll call out the scripture tonight. Of course, just like any night, we're capable, completely capable of going anywhere, <laughs> okay? So there we are. Judges chapter 4. Malachi chapter 3. Judges chapter 4, Malachi chapter 3, Luke chapter 11, Luke chapter 11. So, we're ready? We're starting in Judges. We're starting in Judges. Okay, so I'm going to give you, a, um, first off, I want to give you a simple definition of evil. Okay, a simple definition of evil. Of course, you know this is going to be deeper than what you think. Okay, it's going to be bigger than what you're used to. It's going to be bigger than what you know that is evil. Okay, but evil, write this definition down. I will say it slowly. Evil is defined as profound, profound immorality, wickedness, and depravity. Evil as defined is profound wickedness. Got it? Uh, immorality, wickedness, and depravity. Now, let's define profound, okay? Let's define profound. Defri profound can be defined best as extreme or very deep, overpowering, and I have one little other little note here, intense. So the definition of evil, if you were to take the word profound and remove it and replace it with evil is defined as extreme immorality, wickedness, or depravity, deep immorality, wickedness, or depravity, overpowering immorality, 
wickedness or depravity, or intense immorality, wickedness, or depravity. Okay? So we have our definition of evil. Keep that in mind. Let's read Judges chapter 4, and we're going to read one verse. Verse 1. Then the sons of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. Let's read it again. Then the sons of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. Now, part of the things that we have to understand, of course, when we're fighting a winning battle, we know we're in Judges now. Uh, the Israel, is, they've inherited their land, but they continue to live. It's just like us. We, we, we got our salvation, don't we? Don't we have it? The work of the cross is complete, right? Jesus has re- been resurrected, and he's coming back again, right? Okay, so we got it. And yet, we have this evil that's still present, correct? Well, the children of Israel experience the same thing. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't do the screen there. There we go. You got to get me used to it. Okay, what we have to get used to, what we have to understand is that Israel is suffering from the same thing that we suffer from, okay? They had their land. They had the, the land of milk and honey. It's been given, it's given to them, but they yet they still practiced evil. Now I, want to, I want you to highlight a word here. I want you to highlight again. Then the sons of Israel again. So guess what they did? They revisited something that they had been what? They had been delivered from and something that they had been taught not to do. The sons of Israel again did evil. The sons of Israel again went into immorality, wickedness, and depravity. And they did it with in very intensely. Or, uh, it was very, very deep what they went into. So what's deep immorality? What's deep wickedness? What's deep any kind of evil? What is it? Well, let's keep reading. So, but let's, let's understand something. They did it again. They had done it before. They were delivered, and they went back and did it again. Now, keep in mind, they knew it was evil because God did what? He informed them of what they had done. This is not the first time they had gone into bondage, right? This is not the first time. And yet, the very thing that got them out of evil, who is God, let them go back into it. I mean, they got them out of their, their exile, got them, let them go right back into their, their issues and their, their captivity and all these things. Again, why? Because they continue to practice evil things, Okay. Now, here's the key, though. The sons of Israel, again, did evil, did the immoral, the wicked, and the depraved things. They did those things. Now, next word you need to highlight is sight. In the sight. In the sight. I'm giving you a lot of definitions right now, and I want you to to understand. So what is sight when you define it? What is sight? Huh? What you see. But here it is more of, could be seen because they did it in the sight. They did it where he could see it. Now, keep in mind, we know God is omniscient, right? He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's all of these things. And here we go. They did it in the sight. Now, keep this in mind. They did their immoral. They did their depraved and they did their wicked acts in the sight of, now get this, 
Next word I want you to highlight of the Lord. What does Lord mean? Authority, ruler and authority. So they did these immoral, depraved, wicked acts in the plain view of the authority of God, of the, of the Lord. Equate that to going into the police station and robbing the police officers in front of other police officers. The police officers are the authority against what? Crime, aren't they? They're the ones that come in and they police these things. They make sure, well, keep that in mind. So, so equate this to you going out, or even better yet, okay? Going out in front of the police, op- police station or the police precinct and start prostituting right there or selling drugs. You're doing it right in the site where they can be seen. So this is what Israel's problem is, okay? And not only is it that they're doing it in the sight of the Lord, but they're doing it again in the sight of the Lord, okay? So I want you to get that before we go any further. Your repeated behavior to do the same things, not in front of man, but in front of God, it is noticed by God, okay? We know that. You know, we always teach our children. You shouldn't do that, Joey. God's watching, right? Right? And is he watching? Yes, he is. Okay, I know that sounds immature, but he is watching. And then, when, But when you do it in, in the sight, this also means in total disregard the fact that he can see you doing it. Now, that's the next thing we're going to address with evil. It's, to, it's in total disregard to the fact that he can see you doing it, okay? It's like your children disobeying you, and you tell, Joey, don't, and nobody names their children Joey anymore. Does anybody know anyone named Joey anymore? Oh, okay, good, great, thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Half the church raised their hand. There's some Joeys out there. Joey, if you do that, I'm going to punish you. Joey does it anyway. Is that evil? Is that evil? Is that evil? Yes or no? I want to hear audible. Is that evil? Yes, it's evil. Why? Because it's a complete flagrant violation of the direction that was given, what you shouldn't do, of something you shouldn't do, and yet you do it, and I'm standing here and I'm watching you do it, okay? Right? Chris, don't pick your nose in front of me notice i could call him out i could call him out and he would be completely comfortable he's like okay because i would be the one that would do that okay you're done to flick it yeah don't flick it okay so let's read the scripture again and let's put our definitions in as we read okay Because they know the ignorance factor is gone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was completely, it was a completely open. And keep in mind, he doesn't say in the sight of others, you did it in the sight of the Lord. You did it where God could see it and then you just went, you knew he had an issue with that. So what would, would, what would that be? How would that equate to 21st century Sulphur Springs Baptist Church? How would that equate? What, 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 what are we doing in the sight of the Lord? And we know it's not right. What, what, what are we doing? 
Any idea? He said it. No, but, but it's the truth. It's the truth. It's a pagan symbol. So we put a Christmas tree. And, and, and if we try to stop it, what's going to happen? They're going to get mad. They're going to get mad. What do you mean I can't put a tree up? Hey, tell me I can't put my tree up. Now, normally this time, and I've got five trees. Hey, John, why don't you mind your own house? Okay? <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Go ahead, Don. I know it. Hold on. We're going to get back to that. Go ahead, Don. Thank you. Thank you. That's the that that's it in a nutshell, because guess what? Everybody's supposed to be on the mission field, right? Every, every last person in here breathing should be on the mission field and we're not. And we how many times have I told you since I've been here in my two and a half years of being here? How many times have I told you about missions? And yet we're still not. We're getting better, but we're still not there. How many? Uh, how, how many? So now that you know, you should be on the mission field. And you're not doing it in the, don't worry about me. Don't worry about it inside of me. It's kind of like that text I sent, uh, what was it, yesterday? Was it yesterday or the day before, the one I sent about making a vow and breaking it? Yeah. Some of y'all didn't get it, probably, because my phone's messed up. What did you say, Don? You said, ouch? Ouch. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'll tell you, well, who still got the text? I don't. Who has it on their phone? Okay, D John, read it. Read it. Read it. Because it's important. Now, does that apply? You see, you made that, and then you don't keep it. That 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 is that is evil, and you're doing it in the sight of God. Some of some of us in here, me included, have been in this altar or any altar and said, "God, just help me. God, just get me out. God, just and I will." Right? Huh? Now, have you done the will? So let's keep reading. So. We're in Judges chapter 4, and I'm going to read the whole scripture, and then we're going to take a moment, and we're going to go to Luke chapter 11. But let's read Judges, Judges chapter 4, verse 1 again. The sons of Israel, again, so they, 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 they did this evil, they did this profound, immoral, what? Wicked and depraved act. They did them in open sight of God. Okay, like Don has mentioned, simply put, not doing, we know what we're called to do according to the gospel. 
Every, who here has not ever read Matthew 28, 18 through 20? Who has not read it? If you haven't, raise your hand because we're going to read it now. So, and it says what in Matthew 28, 18 through 20? Okay, let's read it. Let's go there. It's not going to see. I told you we're going to go somewhere. Let's go to Matthew 28, 18 through 20. See, and also, y'all, when you don't know, guess what? And you don't try to find out. You're not given a free pass just because you don't know. Okay, because you have the opportunity to know. So Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now, this is not an option. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It gets better. Teaching them to observe all that I command you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now you know. Jesus is telling you to do what? Go. And when you don't go, guess what? Guess what you're doing? It's evil because you're completely disobeying the word of God. Okay? This is diff- This is a lot deeper than going out and, and Brother Bill sleeping with another man now, isn't it? Okay? It's just an example. I'll leave him out of it. But it's a lot different than that, isn't it? Huh? See, now go to Luke chapter 11. Go to Luke chapter 11. It does not. Nobody's, nobody's, go to Luke chapter 11 and go to verse 12. Yes. Could be. It could be. Luke chapter 11, verse 12. Let's start at verse 11. Let's start at verse 11. So now. (coughs) Now suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He, uh, He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Verse 12. Or if he asks for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? Verse 13. Sorry, I'm not going to forward with this. I can't do both of them, Sam. Um, verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, keep in mind what Jesus has done. Okay? Jesus has simply said this. You are naturally evil. You are naturally evil. I tried. I'll try it again later. Okay? Well, I got to preach. I can't. You are naturally evil. That's what he's saying. And, 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 but here's the good, here's the other part about it. With you being naturally evil, you still do good things. But see, that's why good things don't save you, because you're still evil. Okay? And Jesus is making that clear. You cannot. You are naturally evil, and you know how to give good gifts. Think about what the father is who's not evil and how, what kind of gifts he's given you. But that evil that he's saying is just because you're doing some things right 
you are still have an evil nature about you. And that's what that's what Jesus is pointing out here. You may do some things right, but you still have a need, an evil nature. And so you need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need a salvation because even though now that you're saved and you are saved. Don't you still do evil things in the sight of the Lord? Yes or no? Right. You see, that's the evil that we, you know, and part of our evil, and we, we dabbled in this last night. Tuesday night was rough. <laughs> Brother Kent described it best last night. He said, man, coming in here every Tuesday night is like jumping off of a moving freight train. He said, it, it, it is, I mean, it hits you. I mean, well, Kim was here. It was all in your face. Faith was, it was all in your face. Yeah, that, there you go. Y'all, y'all took a front row seat and got beat. Susan got whooped up too. Bill and Linda got their, they didn't get their feelings hurt, but they got it. You know what I mean? But it was real because God is going to call you out for for who you really are. And he's going to show you every time what you really need is him to get out of that that ditch that you're in. Okay, and you can't get out of that ditch thinking that you're okay all the time. I'm not talking about questioning your salvation. Don't I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about everything that you're letting pass or letting slide or you're thinking it's OK that I don't do or I can't do or don't have to do. That can be evil in the sight of the Lord. It's evil for me to stand here and not preach the truth to you, isn't it? What if no. What if Tammy, let me use you as an example. What if you came in and you said, Brother David, I've had a hard, hard day. Take it easy on me. Don't preach nothing that might might make me upset or anything like that. Now, what I'd be doing you a good, I'd be doing her a disservice, wouldn't I? Right. So guess what I have to do? It doesn't matter what kind of day you had. Jesus Christ is still on the throne. Get ready to understand what you're going through. This is this is normal. This is the trial. This is where you're where you're at. Accept it and move on with it. But get no matter what you're going through, get yourself. Find yourself where you need to be. That you're not evil in the sight of the Lord. Does that make sense or did I just mess that up? Okay, you see, because we can easily blame the hard day at work, right? We can blame the driver down the road, the one that Christy, somebody cut you off on the way here, didn't they? Probably, (laughs) right? We can blame that, okay? Binding my self spent a pretty good while looking at a lady that was in front of us. She was all over the road, you know, and we were we had some choice comments and then we had to repent. Right. You see, you see, you see, we had to repent because God wasn't dealing with them in the car in front of us. He's dealing with the car that we were in. And that was us. And we had to change our tunes real quick. All the time because we cannot keep up with the evil that we're doing all the time, even after salvation. You see that even after salvation. And, you know, that's why that's why God said, you know. If you you sin, if you if you say you have no sin, you deceive yourself and the truth is not in you. And if you think you're okay at this level, and, and y'all know, y'all are thinking, man, Brother David is putting more on us. I'm not putting anything on you. And keep in mind, God's commands will never be burdensome to you if you stick with his commands. You see, Israel, back in chapter 4 of Judges, decided not to stick with his commands. So guess what happened? 
the exile, the, 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 the defeat at, to, to many nations, because they determined that, we you know what, God, we, yeah, we know what you said, and I heard you, amen, because do we need to go back and read? I tell you what, let's go back to Joshua, go to verse 24. Let's remind ourselves. Go to verse, go to chapter 24. I'm sorry. Go to chapter 24. And go to verse 16. Chapter 24 and verse 16. And it says this. The people answered. And said, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God is he who brought us up, brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage and who did these great signs in our sight. <laughs> so we could see it. It was no denying that there was God in our sight and preserved us through all the way in which we went and among all the peoples through whose midst we passed. Verse 18, the Lord drove out from before us all the peoples, even the Amorites who lived in the land. We also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. Mm. So the people said that. Then Joshua said what in verse 19? Look at it. Then Joshua said to the people, you will not be able to serve the Lord, for he is a holy God and he is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do harm and consume you after he has done good to you. The people said to Joshua, no, but we will serve the Lord. Sulphur Springs said to the Lord, oh, God, we're going to serve you. We're going to worship you. We're going to go. We're going to do. We're going to yada, yada, Right. Joshua said to the people, you are witnesses. Look at verse 22. You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen for yourself the Lord to serve him. You see, now stop right there. You see what happened? They indicted themselves. We have. Because let me tell you, when we, you know, however you prayed it, Lord, I make you my savior. Lord, I'm going to serve you. Whatever you said in your prayer of salvation you said it. You said it. You may not remember exactly what you said, but then when you come here every week, every other day, or whenever you come in, you get fed and you hear the word and you sit there and you nod in agreement or you say amen, guess what God is seeing? He's hearing that amen and he's seeing that nod. Okay. Okay. And then you get up. And you're that man in the mirror that forgets what he looks like. You're that man in the mirror that walks out and forgets what you just heard. Because you go right down the road, and the first thing you do is you start yelling, or you start doing this, or you, or, you, or you determine that, hey, I feel better now. I can go back and do what I was doing. You see, if you went to the doctor, if you went to the doctor and you walked in, okay, and your nose is stopped up, and your foot hurts, your elbow hurts, you got a headache. And the doctor gives you a shot, and it makes you feel better. And you walk out feeling okay. But 30 minutes later, all your symptoms come back. 
Aren't you going to go back to that doctor and say, hey, what you gave me, what you did, it didn't stick. You're going to go back and you're going to do something about it, aren't you? Well, why don't you do that when we walk out this door? When it don't stick 30 minutes or three days or a week after. You see, that's doing evil in the sight of the Lord when you sit here and you, yeah, amen. Wow, good service. Boy, that spoke to me. Amen. Okay, good. Don't prove to me it spoke to you. Don't prove it to me. I don't need you to prove I don't need you to prove it to me. I need you to do what? What does God need you to do? How? How are you going to do that? Fulfill no actually, yeah, change your ways, but fulfill what you agreed to. Right? Go back to July 22nd when we were talking about um, July 20th when we were on our way to Kentucky and the and the, the, the radiator popped and stuff, you know, and everything, all that stuff happened. But guess what we had done? All four of us in that vehicle had prayed before we left about our journey up. And nowhere in that prayer was it, Lord, if we have a hard time, let us turn around and come back. You see? You see? We had to go to Kentucky. And God was making sure we went. Am I, is, is, is this foreign to you? Is this too hard? Do you get it? Are you getting it? Please tell me you're getting it. Because if not, I can start all over again. Now back to Jesus' point about you. So you're naturally evil. So you knowing that you're naturally evil, even in your, even in your state, you know, you're redeemed. That salvation redeemed you, and it has secured you. But you know what? After that, faith without works is what? Dead. So that faith that you say you have, it has to be lined up with what you're doing. So everybody in here who's hollering, they got faith, and yet it ain't lining up. Guess what it's doing? What is it doing? It's making God a liar. Because it's saying that the salvation didn't work. And you can't do that, because it did work. You're saved. You just got to get God's version of evil right in your life so you know to avoid it. You see what I'm saying? Because what's evil to him is what you're not necessarily what you're not doing. I'm not telling everybody you got to be on every committee we got in this church. You can't do that. But you've got to be diligent about when you're out of line. You got to be diligent about that. And if you can't be diligent about it, you're going you're gonna to have a hard time. And, and so and here's the next thing that we're going to struggle with, that we do struggle with. Go to Malachi and go to chapter 2. It is Malachi chapter 2. I'm sorry, John. I told you the wrong. I can't do that and do that. Malachi chapter 2. But keep 3 also. We're going to go to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 2, and go to verse 17. Let's understand evil. Now remember, in Judges chapter 4, we find what? Israel did it, did it again. They did evil in the sight with God watching, with God knowing, and total disregard to him seeing. Okay? Now look at verse 17 in Malachi chapter 2. You have wearied, wearied the Lord with your words. 
Hold on. Everybody look at me. You have gotten God tired with your words. What does that mean? What does that mean? There's nothing there. You, with this person that, yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's like, you know, you're talking to someone and they they're telling you all these things they've done and they experienced, but there's no proof that they've done it or experienced it. Okay, now look at this. You you wearied me, you wearied the Lord with your words. Yet you say, now get this. Yet you say, how have we wearied him? Okay. This is a clear sign that you're doing evil and you don't even know it. You think you're lined up, but you're not. Well, how am I doing it? I go to church every Sunday. I'm there every Wednesday and Sunday. And, man, I pray. And when it's a song I like, I clap. And, you know, when the preacher ain't preaching to me, I say amen. Uh, Yeah, you know, um, I don't sit in Mrs. Stewart's seat because she don't like it. Um, let's see, I, I'm doing all this. So how have I wearied the Lord with my words? How have I, we- I, I mean, I, 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 I tell everybody have a blessed day. Mm-hmm. I tell them that. Huh? Do you mean it? I tell everybody go with the go with the strength of the Lord. I tell them that. I pray. I do. I pray. I pray that, you know, God deal with that person that's getting on my nerves all the time. How is that a problem? <laughs> How have we wearied him? And that you say, now look, look, look at this. Everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord. But I teach everybody Jesus is love. And that he loves them no matter what. Yes, he does. That's why he died for them. He died for them, though, so that they will come to the knowledge of the truth about who they are and accept him and get away from their wicked ways. See, what we've done and what this scripture is teaching us is. Look at this. Look at the last part and then I'll explain. And he said, let me in it that you say everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord and he delights in them. Oh, where is this God of justice? So in other words, man's opinion about God is trumping God's opinion about himself. Everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord. In other words, what they're saying is what we say. Have you ever seen people get away with stuff? Now, Bonnie, Bonnie, don't respond. Have you ever seen people get away with stuff? How do they keep getting away with that? How do they keep getting away with that? They get all this good stuff. And we start acting like they're blessed because they're getting away with stuff and they're getting the bigger houses and the bigger cars and they get the job and they win the lottery and they do all of this stuff. How are they getting away with it? And we're treating them like and then we call them blessed because they have this. That's not a that's not blessed. And then we say God is God has done that. You see, when we tie God's name to evil. We weary him. When someone comes to you, let's let's just use let's just use let's use um, let's use the lottery. Let's use it. Okay, it's simple. Is lottery good or bad? Why? Gambling. It's a stewardship issue, isn't it? It's a stewardship issue. Okay, so it's a stewardship issue. And then when they win the lottery, praise God. So you're saying God 
blessed. But when you say that, that's what God's tired of. His name getting tied to a sin. Okay, let's just use that. God's all about stewardship, isn't he? Is God not about stewardship? Yes or no? He's all about how we take care of things. It's, it has nothing to do with the men and the ten talents and, and those who went out and earned more money and earned interest. That's different. That was them putting the money to work, okay? That's not gambling. That's not gambling. That's not being a bad steward. That's not taking a risk with what God. God never told us to take a risk with anything. He always told us to have faith and trust him, right? And when you go out and you do something with it, that's not of God. Now, you can have your opinion about the lottery. I'm not, you know, and I'm not telling you you're going to hell for that. But when you tie God to a, and say he has blessed this secular thing that he hasn't laid his hand on, that's when you weary him. And then if you look at the end of that verse, and, that, and he delights in them. Look at this. Everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. Or then there's this one. Well, where is the God of justice? What does that mean? Amen. That's me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because just because that person in front of me is going 80, I'm still going 76. Guess who's the lawbreaker? Both of us. So we both. So, well, how does he get away? Or, or you do get caught. You know they're going faster, and you're the one that gets caught. And I was behind them, but you were still speeding. It doesn't matter if you were behind them. Or like, remember when we used to drive down the road and act like the police officer couldn't stop and let you go past them and pull you over? Because just because he's going eighty doesn't give you the right to go the speed he's going. You see, that's the, you're speeding. Whether the police officer, he has the authority to do that. And, you know, my wife's notorious. He ain't trying to get nowhere. He just wants to get through traffic. She says, but he has the authority. You don't have the authority to drive 78 miles an hour. He does. And just because he's in front of you doesn't give you the authority. Well, he's going that fast. I can't. You don't have the same authority. Where is where is the God of justice? You see, when you question God, that wearies him. Because everything is in his name. Everything, everything he's done, he's wrapped his whole self, his whole self up into his name and the power that's in his name. By the name of Jesus, guess what happens? All I got to do is cry out to Jesus and I can be saved just by crying out his name. Because he's dealing with this, you see? So have I confused anyone right now? It's not. Correct. But it's even more important when we start. God is saying, uh, you know, everyone who does evil, I'm tired. Don't tie me to that. Stop tying me to that. Or, or you, you know, you win, you win um, a, a, a Grammy for the filthiest song ever made. That talks about immorality and fornication and all these other things. And then the first thing you do is I want to thank my God in heaven. He didn't touch that. He wasn't behind that. He didn't ordain that. And so quit tying him to that. Now, I want to look at one more thing. Go to go to chapter three. Go to verse 13. 
Your words have been arrogant against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, oh, here's that ignorant thing again. What have we spoken against you? You have said it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his charge and that we have walked in, in mourning before the Lord of hosts? So now we call the arrogant blessed. So here's where we are. I've been going to church all my life and it ain't never done me. You know, I'm going to be fine if I stay home a while. God wants me to do this. God wants me to do that. And it ain't changed nothing. You see, so why do I need to continue on? Huh? Look at look at it. Look at it. You your words have been arrogant against me. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said it is vain to serve God. Now, nobody has said, oh, I ain't got to serve God like that. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you have. Maybe you've said it in your actions. Hmm? Or look at this. What profit is it that we have kept his charge? I keep doing what's right, and yet everybody else keeps getting what they want. Whoa, tell me you hadn't said that. I keep doing what's right, and yet this person keeps getting away with it. Kind of like your children, you know, the one that keeps getting the beating, and they're not the ones that started the fight. Like I said, my oldest daughter. Yeah. Come on, Jason. Say it again. We deserve death. What is that to you? It, it may seem like they're getting away with it, but they're not. But when you start just casually, nonchalant, and saying, well, you know what? I'm saved. I'm okay. I'm going to skate. I'm going to skate. You know what skating means, right? Remember that in school? Get by. I'm going to skate on by. I'm going to skate through. Remember like what I did in high school. So, and uh, you know, and then it's what profit is it? Look at the middle of this verse, 14. What profit is it that we have kept his charge and that we have walked in mourning before the Lord of hosts? See, first off, you've treated his whole commandment as if it's a burden. You've treated his whole commandment. Well, they don't need me keep doing this anyway because they're just going to do what they want to do. They may, but like Brother Mike just said, what is it to you? If Jesus tells you to get up and go every, every day, get up and go over here, go serve at Shepherd Supply, go do whatever, then what is it that they're getting away with? Don't think that they're getting away with anything. The, thing, the problem is, is he's not letting you get away with it because he's got a mission for you, and he needs you where he needs you. He's going to deal with them, but we get tired. But why do we get tired? Why do you get tired? Because what you've done, yeah, you got out of God's will. Right. This is why you get tired. Give me a cane. Hook it on that arm. You hook your cane on my arm there. Now, where, where do I have room for God? Huh? Somebody give me one more thing. I can't even care what I got. Thank you. I'm overloaded. And then we wonder why it's not. Thank you. 
And you see, here's the part. We allow that to happen. I let him come and do that. So guess what I've told him? It's okay. And this is how you look with your life. And then you want to get mad at God because you're having your issues. But the problem is, is you've done what with him? And his commands are burdensome. Why to you? Why is he tell he told you his commands aren't burdensome? He told you that. He told you. Yeah, he told you his burden is light. And all he's asked you to do, hey, listen, we got 168 hours in a week. I'm going to bring up church. We got 168 hours in a week. How many times a week do we have church service? Huh? How many? Depend on, yeah, depend. On average, how long do they last? An hour. Five hours out of the week, out of 168 hours. Do the math. Somebody calculate that. What's the percentage? What's the percentage? Kim's getting it, ain't she? 160, uh, 5 divided by 168. I'll get it. So let's say 3% of your week is all that, hey, and that's all the, the secular, that's all the church in this age is asking for. Now keep in mind, we have more Bible studies than most churches. So they're giving even less. You got 168 hours, and yet you you can't find, you know, it's it's too too much trouble to 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 do it, right? No, it's not. It's it's what you just saw me do. It's too much. You've you've done it. You've done it. In Iron Man three, in Iron Man three, I'm gonna use this as an example. Plane blows up. He asked, he asked Jarvis, "There's 13 people falling out of the sky." He says, how many can I carry? He says, four. He could only carry four of the 13, but he got, all of them needed to be saved. So you see, that's what he couldn't carry more than he could. Now, they ended up being saved. It was an Iron Man movie. Of course it was. But, but get this. You see, and when we, we say he's, look, look at verse 14 again. Look at verse 14 again. It is in vain, it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his charge and that we have walked in mourning before the host of the Lord? In other words, we have just carried this load. So we we now call the arrogant blessed. Not only not not only are the doers of wickedness wickedness built up, but they also test God and escape. That's what we say. We give the ones that are getting away with it. Well, God ain't doing nothing to those that ain't doing nothing for them. So and so and then, and they're getting away with it. We view it as getting away when what we need to do is stay focused on what he's commanded us to do. That's how you win. And I hope that analogy shows you how you look, because I look crazy trying to hold all that stuff, didn't I? But that's how y'all look every every day. I got this. I got this. I got this. I got this. I drive out of my yard and I look at my grass. Oh, man, I got to cut my grass. And I drive right up the hill and look at my mother-in-law. I got to cut her grass. I got to weed eat. I got to do all these things. 
You know what? And then I think about it. I think about it like a day like today. I'm so groggy and so sleepy when I'm at work. And I can barely keep my eyes open at my desk. And then what do I do foolishly? I pile more on myself. Which takes away from me being able to serve the Lord in the peace and quiet that he has designed for us to serve him in. But we can't serve him in the peace and quiet. The message has kind of changed a little bit, but it's part of it. But you see, that's evil in his sight, y'all. That's evil in his sight when we go that route. Am I the only one that sees that? Tell me if I'm wrong. I would, I'd like for you to tell me I'm wrong. But I don't think so. Because it's the word of God. See, that's the evil. So forget about the homosexuality right now. Forget about the murders. Forget about the, the illegal aliens. Forget about all of that stuff right now. And think about what you're doing. The illegal immigrant is not getting away with it. I'm not saying that's an issue for us. The homosexual is not getting away with it. Just because they have their supporters in the, ho- in, in the office doesn't mean they're getting away with it. But you do what you're supposed to do. How many times do you tell your children that? If so-and-so jumps off the cliff? Huh? You tell them that all the time. Don't worry about what they're doing. Do what you're supposed to do. We're going to stop. We'll get part two of this next week because it's a lot. Have, I, have you been overwhelmed? 